right, let's turn our Bibles to a different book tonight than we normally do. I want you to turn to the um, third John. We're going to look at the whole chapter. I think we'll get through this. I've got to be done in about 25 minutes so we can get to prayer, but I just wanted to share some things with you in uh, third John. And once you get there, we're going to go, I'm going to have you stand just for a second. We're going to read the first four verses and then we'll, um, then I'll read the final after we're done. But I want you to just stand and look at this as we go to this. Notice something in the first four verses. There's a word truth in there and it's found four times. It's also found a couple more times. It's found in verse number eight. I think it's found in verse number um, 12. And so there's something about the truth in here that I wanted you to see. It says in in third, the third John, it says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I I thank you for the things that you've done for us and the things, how you help us through so many, many different areas, Lord. I think of tonight as we study your word that we'll get some things out of it and understand what we need to do with the truth. And may we understand that you have something great for us, but we need to make sure that we do our part. And so, Lord, with that, I'll just, I just want to, I want to praise you for the part that you do in our life and the part that you show us. Um, what we need to do in your word. Lord, may we get something from 3 John that we can apply in our life and into our church. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at this, when it comes to November, I like, I like being thankful, all right? Everybody likes Thanksgiving because it means food, right? Um, but you're supposed to be thankful for what we have. And this next month, when it comes to our, our services, the first week is going to be thankful for our church. The second one's going to be thankful for our country. Veterans Day is, of course, in November. And um, our veterans do a lot of things, whether they're past veterans or current ones that are on the field. We need to make sure we're thankful for that. Then we're going to talk about thankful for our world, what God has given us, and then thankful for our Savior. And then we're going to get right into Christmas. How many of you like Christmas? All right. I love Christmas. I love just the festivities. I love the, the music that goes along with it. Um, starting tomorrow in our house, we can start listening to Christmas music, November 1st. Amen. And so we're going to start listening to Christmas music. So if you come over to our house, you'll hear Christmas music. And we have all different sorts of Christmas music. I'm so thankful um, for, for, for the, the month of November. And I'm also thankful for Christmas time that Christ came to this earth. And so tonight, I wanted to kind of lead into the first one, and it talks up when I talk about being thankful for our church. Um, when you look at this, John writes this. It's a little bit different than 1 John and 2 John. And when he writes this, it's a short book, of course, and it has 14 um, verses, but they're broken down into three different categories, and we're going to look at the word truth. The first part we must do is we must walk in truth. Not only do we need to walk in truth, we need to work for the truth. And then the last one is what we need to watch out for trouble. Amen. There's always trouble. And there's always trouble. And sometimes in the church it gets in there. And he's going to talk about this. He's going to talk about some of these people that are in this chapter. And we, I want you to look at this. So I don't know if we'll get done all the way through this. But I want you to look at number one. I want you to look and walk in truth. And I want to be thankful that we get to walk in the truth. And as you look in verse number one, it says it once. Verse number three, it says it um, twi twice. And verse number four, it says it once. And I like that verse. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 
And then there's another verse that if you highlight any verses, you need to highlight verse number 11 because it says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And so that's just a very practical verse. But when I, when I look at verse number four, I think of this, I think, man, you know, when I, when I hear my kids are going to church and they're, and they're doing what, what God wants them to, they're tithing, they're, they're, they're praising the Lord for what they're doing. And, and then you see them working for the Lord. You, you just get thankful for it. You know, last night we had the privilege of watching their uh, missions conference out in California, and we got to see our future son-in-law um, direct a choir of over 30 or 40 um, kids, uh, adult, uh, I guess they'd be high schoolers, and then he had a younger group that he got to do, and when we were going through and scanning the crowd, we got to see the adult choir, and then Meredith is up in the adult choir, so we got to see her last night on, on live stream out there. So it's just wonderful to see people doing something for the Lord. And so I want you to see this, and I want, we're going to break this down. The first one is we've got to walk in truth. Why do we need to walk in truth? Because there's a couple things with it. The first four verses that we look, and it's talking about this elder, and it says, whom I love in the truth. His bond, John's bond to him was that he was in the truth. You know, he, he had a love in the church, and there's a joy in the church. And I want, I want to show you these two as we look at them. But as we look at this, it says in verse number one, it says, the well-beloved, and it says, whom I love in the truth. So we've got to see this. There's got to be a love in the church. Now, verse number two, we'll break down it even a, a little bit further. Look at verse number two. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. You know, this is not the, 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 the theory of where these, these mega churches are telling everything's going to be good in your life. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have all this money. You're going to have all these things. If you just send money for, for, a, for a dish towel for me, I'll give it to you and everything will be okay. Everybody's seen those things. But that's not what he's talking about here. But notice what he says, and you've got to see this. It says, no, that thou mayest prosper and be in what? Health. And then he, he, he actually backs up and says something that's a little bit more even depth, in depth. It says, even as thy soul prospereth. So he's saying, he, he's, he's saying that he wants him to be a healthy person in his body, but he wants his soul, his soul is more important. It's saying when your soul prospers, I want your health to prosper. Why is that? Because that, that's just saying that you're living right and, and God's taking care of you. If you've had a health ailment, do you remember when you had it, or if you have one now, how much it consumes your time? Oh, absolutely. If you have a foot problem, it'll affect everything in your life. If you have a big toe that's hurt, it'll affect everything in your life. And if you have a hand that's hurt, it'll affect many different things. And here he's talking to him and he says, listen, he goes, when it comes to this, I want, there's love in the church, but he wants prosperity in our body and our soul. God wants that. Now, there are times that were, there were people in the Bible that, get, that had things happen to them health-wise, and they tried to pray it out, and it never, it never happened. But then there's others that were sick for many years that Jesus healed, and Jesus used their testimony to show others how powerful he was. So he, he's saying, listen, he goes, I want you to have something in your body and in your soul. Now, you're going to see truth. Go to verse number three. It says, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. I, I wrote this down. There's truth in you, but people need to see it. You know, if you, if you have the truth in you and you never share it, they'll never know it. 
Have you ever met somebody and you spend a lot of time with them and then all of a sudden you're spending all this time with them, all this time with them, and then they say something to you, it almost shocks you. Like, you really like that? I'll never forget, my wife had never been to a hockey game. And so we went, when we were up in Peoria, we went to the Peoria, I even forget what the name of their team was. There was a minor league, minor league hockey team, and, and I, said, I, I thought to myself, I don't even know if she'll like it. It's so fast-paced, and if you sit in the wrong spot, you can't see the hockey puck if you stand real, real close to it. And so you're sitting there, and I don't know all the rules, but I do know that when we went the first time, I was sitting there, and I was with her, and all of a sudden, the, the, what happens at a hockey game? A fight breaks out. And so they, they start, and it's like slow motion. They pull their gloves off and they start swinging at each other. And I look over to the wife that I've married. I thought I knew her and she is standing up and I'm sitting down watching it. And I look over to, and I'm like, where's she at? And she's up there and she's going, hit him, hit him, hit him. And I was like, is this the woman that I married? I didn't know that she had that in her. You know, I, I just thought we were going to go to a hockey game, eat a hot dog, but I was, I was excited. When a, when a fight would happen, I'd look at her like, what are you going to do about that one? And, you know, so, you know, sometimes when we get into it, we don't know that person. And if, if, if you're not one that likes to talk, that still doesn't give you the right not to share your faith. Go back to verse number three. It says, for I have rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. How did they know that? They knew that because of the way that he acted and what he said. The things that were in him came out. You know, if, if you want to know really what you are, wait till you get into a situation that's a rough situation. Your true inner being will come out. Your faith needs to come out. So it was in him, not only was it in him, it was in his life. Go to the next part of that verse. It says, even as thou walkest in the truth, it's not just talking about sharing your faith here and then walking down here and sharing your faith. It was basically what he was doing. It was in his life. Everybody saw it. Not only in his, ver in his words, but it was in his actions. We've got to see this life in there. We've got to walk in this way. We've got to do this. We've got to understand that God has this plan for us. We need to walk in the truth so people can see it. And then the last part of this verse, if you go to verse number four, you'll find joy. How, how do you like joy? I love joy. I love having joy in my life. But joy is not based on your circumstances. Because your joy can sometimes go the wrong direction. Your happiness can go bad real quick. But if you have joy in the Lord, guess what? It's going to come because it is a fruit of the Spirit. I made a phone call today and just calling to check on him and I called Bruce Fry, Evangelist Bruce Fry. And you know, it wasn't very long because I've, I've talked to him numerous times. It wasn't very long that I could tell sense that something was wrong. And um, so I, I called him and, and I was talking to him and I was asking him, he just went to our, the church that we were at when we first got in ministries, when we were there for six years. And, and I called him, I said, how'd it go? He said, oh, it went really well. But I could just sense, Wayne, that there was something that he wasn't telling me. And finally, he said, well, I've got to go. He said, but I want you to do something. He said, I want you to pray for me tonight. And I was like, well, what's going on, Bruce? And he said, um, my mother's had dementia for six years. And on Saturday, she stopped eating. 
And the doctors have just told us that she probably will not make it through the night. You know, it didn't take me long to figure out that there was something wrong when I was talking to her. And I said, well, Bruce, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, you know what, though, Pastor Wagner? He said, four years ago, I got to lead her to the Lord. So I know where she's going to be. But she said, he said, it's just hard. And I said, well, Bruce, I said, I, I know you have, I, I know Sammy, your brother, you sing with him on, on your CDs, and I met him a couple times. I said, but you've got that other brother. Maybe God's trying to use this where you can talk to your other brother. And he said, absolutely right. That's correct. I had a word of prayer with him. But you know, when you hear people struggling and, and, and you don't understand it, have a hard time with it. So I told him, I said, I'm going to pray with you. And I didn't tell him I was going to do this. But at the end of the service, I'm going to give you his name and his address. And I wish that about four or five of you in here would just drop him a note and tell him that you're praying for him. Because sometimes we don't know the, the, the hardships that people go to. That when they go through them, you know what? It's always good to know someone's praying for you. This week, um, Daniel came in my office and he shared something with me. And, and um, I, I passed it on to some of the people in the church. But um, Steve, um, Stephanie Wesco, you need to write her name down to pray for her. Um, the Wescos are, were uh, missionaries to Africa. They spent the last two and a half, they got, they got all their support done in two and a half years. Um, they have eight children. I would say, looking at the age of the kids, the oldest one can't be past 13. And the, 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 the youngest one's got to be probably five or six. Last name is W-E-S-C-O. Um, they got on the field two and a half weeks ago. They've spent two and a half years getting all their support. They got on the field two and a half weeks ago. And a couple days ago, he was in his car and a man walked up, shot him point blank, and killed him. You know, you just look at that and you go, what in the world? Why would God do that? I don't know why God would do things like that. But I'll read a letter that was passed on to me today. This is a letter from Stephanie Wesco, and here's what it says. Thank you, thank you to all who have been praying for us during this last day, which seems like an eternity. My heart is so heavy as I face driving on the road where my husband was killed. Having to tell my precious children their daddy is never coming home. Having to start repacking and figuring out what to take back to the States and what to leave. Knowing Charles, that's the man that got shot, is safe in the arms of Jesus brings comfort. And I'm so thankful for promises to cling to from God's Word. Right now I'm clinging to His promise that all things work together for good for those that love the, love the Lord. My heart's desire is that the Lord and Savior, my precious, my, my heart's desire is that the Lord and Savior, my precious husband loved and served his whole life, would be glorified and that there would be a harvest of souls brought to know Jesus as their personal Savior from sin through, through his death. I know Charles is so happy to be with Jesus. He often talked of, of looking forward to seeing his Savior face to face. But I already miss him beyond description and just wish for one more chance to hear his voice, see his smile hold his hand, and tell him I loved him more than he could ever know. You know, when you, when you, read, when you think of stories like that, you go, what? why would that happen? And, you know, here she's writing, and I know she's brokenhearted, and how in the world do you raise eight children from 13 to 6 or 5? That's a rough task. 
They just got there. They had just unloaded their stuff. Now she's loading it back up and coming back to the States. You know, I've seen pictures of them, and, and I just thought, man, why, why would God do this? But can I tell you the joy? Joy isn't around circumstances. There's a joy that knowing he's with his Savior, but she still misses him. And we need to pray for this family. We need, we need to pray for them. They're not one of our missionaries, but you know what? It doesn't mean that we can't pray for them. And here she's going to have to make all these decisions and what she's going to do. But when I was looking at this, I thought, you know, if we just love, if there's love in the church and joy in the church, everything will be okay. What, what's the best place you can share a burden? Somebody in your church where they can pray for you. That's your support system. That's what we've got to see. And here we've got to walk. We've got to walk in the truth so people can see it. People are watching her. They're going to watch Bruce Fry with this. They're going to see how he responds to situations. Him and, his, him and his brother will probably sing at the funeral. But we still need to pray for him. We've got to find that joy, that, that, that peace that passes all understanding. So the first thing is we need to walk in truth. The next thing we need to do is work for the truth. Go to verse number 5. It says, Beloved, thou, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. It's interesting, when you, when you study this out, it talks about do us to the brethren. This is talking about the ones in the church, and it says to strangers, it's the ones outside the church. And then you've got to look at the words that are coming up right after it. It's the word which and because, because it's going to tell you why we need to do these things. It says, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. People see what you do. People see what you do. I, I want to brag on Peter for just a second. Yesterday, he came over to our house and planted bushes in the front of our house. And he spent the whole day doing it. And it looked so much better, more than the, gray clay, the red clay we had. Charlie built the thing around the thing, the, 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 the bricks around it, and then he put this all in there. And I want to say, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with it. If I were to build something, I'd say, hey, you want to come over and do this to my house? Because he can do it. And so often we don't see the charity and we don't thank the people for what they've done. Patsy's over here and she doesn't like to be bragged upon, but I'm telling you what, I, we had a wonderful time Sunday night, especially if you sat on this side of the auditorium, amen? Someone told me I was mean to Daniel. No, I was just making Daniel be a servant. It was my way of teaching him to be a servant, Amen. And so, you know, you, you look at this, you go, wow, it says, which have borne witness, people inside the church and outside the church. Look at verse number six, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on the journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. He's saying, listen, we need to do good to people inside the church and outside the church. We need to work. We need to work for the truth. Now, what's the truth that we have? The truth is that we have the gospel that we can read and we can understand and apply it in our life. And we've got to work for it. Have you ever heard that if, um, if something is given to you, you don't care for it as much as you work for it? Absolutely. I was talking to Ray and he was, we were, by the way, Priscilla's doing fine. Talked to her tonight. Um, pain tolerance is a little bit higher. Pain was a little bit worse today than it was yesterday, but she's doing fine. But I remember Ray talking and he was talking about his son and how he got a car for his son and, and then his son had to pay it all back. Well, his son said, you know, everybody at the, at, at, at the school has their own car. You're going to have to go buy me a car. So he tells his boy, he goes, listen, 
I'll buy you a car. We'll, uh, we'll get you a car. He said, you get up in the morning and we'll start looking. And I'll never forget the story that Ray said. He got in the car and his son was ready and excited and ready to go when they got. And when he got in the car, he drove him to Burger Chef, McDonald's. He drove him to all these fast food restaurants. And his boy finally said, you're not going to buy me a car, are you? He says, you're going to make me work for it. He said, absolutely. You know, we sometimes when we get things given to us, they don't mean as much. We need to work for, for the truth where people can see what we're doing. People can see Christ in us. And sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do because people, people are always watching you. If, you. if you are a truly born-again Christian, if you want to know how to act like a Christian, ask an unsaved person, they'll tell you. <laughs> because when you do something that an, a, a Christian should do, shouldn't do, and an unsaved person sees it, they will point it out in a heartbeat. And sometimes we don't see that people are watching us. None of us live on an island. We have people that watch everything that we do. I notice that when it comes to your grandchildren. Your grandchildren know exactly what you can and cannot do. They know what they can get away with. I had an uncle that um, he would imitate anything you did. He was the one, I, I've talk, talked to you about him. His, his name was Dink, D-I-N-K. Um, his, his, actually, his real name was Harry, but they called him Dink. And so um, I remember he would imitate anything that we did. He had whooping cough and pneumonia, and his, he burned up his brain cells when he was a young child. And um, we would sit there, and if I crossed my legs, he'd cross his legs. If I stood up real quick, he'd stand up real quick. He would just watch everything we did. And I think it's a perfect picture of what people do. They watch what we do. They might not imitate everything that we do, but they watch what we do. They pick up your actions, your mannerisms, your words. Children will imitate and repeat what you say and do because people are watching you. Keep reading in this, and it says, um, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. They've seen that, that both the people inside and outside the church, in verse number five, they've seen what you've done. And then it says this, because you did it for the right reason. Why do you do things? Because I want to be seen of men. No, that's not why you do things. Why do you do things? What's the correct answer? If I ask you, why do you do this? Why do you do it when it comes to Christian character? Because verse number seven will tell you why. Because that's because that for his name's sake they went forth. It's because of his name, because you are carrying his name if you are a Christian. You're carrying Christ's name. You better do what, what he wants you to do. And it's not always easy. Doing what, what, is, what, what God wants you to do is not easy. If someone sits there and goes, it's just the Christian walk is so easy. You know why? Because we're wrestling with our, with our body and our flesh. Our flesh wants something, but the Holy Spirit wants us to do something different, right? Am I the only one that does that? I mean, there's times when I want to tell people what I think. Have you ever had someone tell you what they think? I have. But you know what? As a Christian, you have to play by a different set of rules. They can tell you everything bad, but if you turn around and tell them everything they did bad, and let's say they were not a Christian, do you think that's going to make the cause of Christ go up? No. It's going to hurt it. 
Because we're, we're turning around and doing exactly like they did and then telling them to act like us. Well, you're acting like them. The Bible says that we've got to watch what we say. We play by a different set of rules. We're doing things for the namesake of Christ. What are we doing for Christ? Man, people are seeing this inside the church, outside the church. It says, which have, which have become, which, which have borne witness of thy charity. Verse number seven, because that for thy namesake they went forth. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So the first thing we need to do is we need to walk in the truth. The second thing we need to do is work for the truth. And for the last part, we need to watch out for trouble. I, 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 I am, when I'm driving, I am watching other drivers all the time. My wife says, I am, I, I watch things. I'm an observer. I mean, when I, when I am in a restaurant, I'll act like, some, and she knows I do this. Sometimes I'll act like I'm listening to her, but I'm listening to people right beside me to see what they're talking about. Have you ever done that? It's not that I want to, I'm a professional eavesdropper, but I want to see what they're saying, amen? Especially if they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. You know, if their kids are crazy doing, doing dumb things at their table, I want to see what they're talking about. Especially when the parents go, if you're good, I'll give you a piece of candy. And I want to say, that's not going to work. All you're going to do is make your children overweight because you're going to be giving them candy all their life, amen? But, you know, I, I like to observe things. When I drive, I watch other vehicles. And I get nervous, honestly, when I'm driving down the road and it's a two-lane road and they're driving the other direction. I, I want to watch what they're doing. I want to make sure they don't cross that line. I want to make sure that they, they don't swerve into my, my side. But here, it's interesting. How would you like your name in verse number 9 to be added in there? I wrote under the church, but, and put your name in there. Who wrote, who loveth to have preeminence among them. If you put your name in there, how would you like that? Because this is a bad connotation. Diotrephes is in there, and it, who loved to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Now watch some of the things he says about him. He says, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth. And I want to tell you something, John, if, 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 if you cross John, Peter, or Paul, I would not want to see them again. And here he's saying, when I see them, I'll remember what they did. And it says this, prating against us with what? Malicious words. Fighting against us with malicious words. See this little thing where sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. You better be careful of that because words hurt more than sticks and stones do. And he's saying, you got to watch what you say. This is a bad connotation. Watch out for that. If you're around somebody and they say, did you see what Bobby did the other day? Well, let me tell you what Bobby did the other day. Can I tell you, whenever they're away from Bobby and they see Bobby, they'll say, let me tell you what Walter did the other day. That's what happens. Here, he's got malicious words. He's going after him, and watch what else it says about him. Not only was there malicious words and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbid them that would, that would and casteth them out of the church. Here, it's a bad connotation. He said bad, he said bad things about him. They've, he's cast them out of the church, and, and he, reminds, he reminds us of this. Be careful what you say. This is something that we need to watch out for trouble. And then in verse number 11, here is a great verse. This is, again, just showing you that God keeps an accurate record. John writes this. He says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, 
but that which is good. Now that, that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But do you know of any people that are good people and Christian people that follow after evil? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had someone just recently asked me, and they were, we were talking about Halloween and everything, and asked me about a Ouija board. That's something you don't want to mess with. They asked Milton Bradley how those things work, and the people of Milton Bradley will say, they have no idea how it works, they just know it does. Has no batteries in it. It's just a way, it's a medium for the spirit world. And sometimes we, we dab into this and we, we delve into it a little bit. And guess what? We think we can, we can handle it. I want to tell you something. You can't handle things like that. I, I, I remember talking to this young lady and she, she asked me this question. She said, would you be interested in, um, if someone was possessed with a demon, would you be interested in, in going there and, and casting the demon out? I said, to be honest with you, I have no desire to do that. My former preacher, the one in Illinois that I was talking about a while ago, he said he walked into a room. My mother called him into a room. He walked into a room, and there was a child over in the corner, and he was speaking in a deep voice, and he was only about 9 or 10 years old. And he looked at him a little bit closer. If you ever taken a second look, he looked at him a little bit closer, and he was off the ground about this much. He was levitating above the ground, and he started talking to him. And I asked Brother Tebow, I said, what would you do? He goes, I wanted to get out of the room. He said, I had a conversation with him, a couple, t- a couple things I said to him, and, and he said, I just knew that this is not where God wanted me to be. Because sometimes we think we can dabble with stuff and dabble with stuff, and it won't burn us. That's why young people dabble with cigarettes or d- dabble with beer, and then it gets into wine, it gets into heavy liquor, or it gets into marijuana and drugs. They think they can handle it, and they can't. There's been better people than me and you that have fallen. And so we've got to guard against this. Here it's saying we need to know what's good and we need to know what's evil. And then it says, continue reading, it says we need to know what what we need to do with this. And then it says at the very end of that verse, read along with me, it says, Beloved, follow not that which is, is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of what? God. And he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Now I feel like the writer is referring back to the man he had just mentioned. And he's not referring to him as the good one, he's referring to him as the bad one. Because the next verse, he is going to talk to you about the good one. Now, picture, if you will, your name in verse number 12, starting out your name. Walter hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. That's a great verse to hear. It says, yea, we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will, not, I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But watch this. It says, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. And then he says this, peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. You know, when, when I look at this, there's things we need, we need to walk in the truth. And we need to work for the truth. We need to walk, and, if, and let me tell you something. You're not going to work in the truth until you walk in the truth. It's that order. You've got to be doing what, you're not all of a sudden going to just step over and you're not doing anything for the Lord, and all of a sudden you're going to work for it. You've got to walk in it, work in it, and when you're walking and working in it, guess what? You've got to watch out for some trouble. People say, well, I just, I don't worry about things. There is nothing wrong with being cautious. Nothing wrong with being cautious. 
If I walked up to you and you were walking into a Walmart and I walked up to you with a long jacket in summer and I had a hat on and a mask on, would you go, hey, look, what's he doing? Man, that guy looks nice over there. That's not what you should do. You should, you should throw some caution to, the, caution to this and say, okay, I need to stay away. Sometimes we think we can handle situations. And I want to go to this. When, G, when Satan was tempting Christ, what did, what did Christ turn and say to Satan? He never said to him, hey, do you know who I am? I'm the creator. Just leave me alone. What did Christ do? Go back to that story. What did he do? He quoted scriptures. There's the power of that scripture. There's the power of what we've been studying, the law, the commandments, the precepts, the testimonies, the judgments. There's power in that. We've got to walk in the truth. We've got to work for the truth. And we've got to watch out for trouble because there's always trouble. The Bible says this, and I'll end it with this verse. The, the devil is like a what? Roaring lying, lion. Watch this. Seeking whom he may devour. And if you have a target on you, don't you think Satan knows that? He wants you to be destroyed. He doesn't have to kill you to destroy you. In fact, it's actually better if he keeps you alive where people can look at you and see that you're nothing. But you've got to put this wall up and you've got to guard yourself. Walk in that truth. Work in the truth. What's the Bible say? We are the salt of the earth. And it says this, if it's lost its savor, it's henceforth good for nothing to be what? Cast out and trod upon. That's what Satan wants to do. So in our church, we've got to love our church. <laughs> we've got to walk in the truth. Find out what the truth is. You won't know the truth unless you read it. Read your Bible. Aren't you going to be thankful when these political ads are over? Amen. I bring this up every week, but I'm tired of it. There's Someone's lying, and they're probably all lying. There's no truth in it. And I want to tell you, Republicans or Democrats, they aren't going to be what changes the world. The church needs to change the world. We need to stand up for what's right and understand we need to walk in the truth, work for the truth, and watch out for trouble. With every head bowed and every eye closed.